0: Welcome to things they don't tell Black people about law school. We are two first-generation cis Black women at a T20 law school.
1: And we're here to share things that we wish we knew or things that we wish people talked about. This is just our perspective based on our experiences. So today, we're here to talk about the application process. Um, And we do want to acknowledge that as we have this discussion, we're talking about it through the lens of both of us being first-generation students. And so... First, we should probably get into our own application. So, you know, under what circumstances did we apply? Um, kind of who helped us? So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what your application process was like? It was like such an interview. <laughs> um,
0: well, one, I think it's uh, so I it was the thick of the pandemic when I like started the application process that got me into law school. Um, but I had taken the LSAT, I took it once, maybe a year prior to starting the application process, and I did not get what I needed to do what I wanted to do. So then the pandemic hit what, like February 2019? 2020. I was in San Francisco, so I feel like things were like starting to pick up a little earlier. But it
1: was, Jan- it was January 2020 when um I think the first reported
0: case was maybe in the United States. Okay. Well, I was in San Francisco. I was working at a tech company and I had just convinced them to let me move to across the country to like the home city I'm from with the oh, I hope they never listen to this, but I did that with the intention of knowing that I wanted to apply for law school and retake the LSAT. So I was like, great. I get to be at home. <laughs> With my family and I get to just focus on applying for law school and like work, quote unquote, working. Um, That's
1: really smart. I actually did a very similar thing. I didn't convince a company to let me move across the country. I hope to do that one day, but it me expenses
0: too That's nice. <laughs>
1: No, I um, quit my job in 2019, in March of 2019, and I told them I am leaving this company because I want to apply to law school and I can't do that and work here at the same time. So I did get a job at the university that we attend for law school under the guise that I was going to use this as time to apply for law school, but I didn't tell them that, But I used it as a time to make connections um, and get to know people to help me get into law school.
0: (laughs) I think that's smart. And that's something that I thought about. So for anyone who is currently working and considering applying to law school, think about the relationship that you have with your company. Like I knew that I wanted my CEO and granted I worked at a small startup. I was employee number 17. And at the time, I think we had like 50 to 60 people. Um, and I had a good relationship with my CEO and what was her, uh, Chief, or was it chief operations officer COO. So, um, I asked them after I moved in like a couple months, I let dust settle. I was like, Hey, I'm applying to law school. Will you guys Uh, write my letters of recommendation and please don't tell anyone because my boss, I did not have a great relationship with her. And I knew if she knew I was going to be gone in like six to nine months that she would start treating me differently. So I confided in people that I trusted to write my letters of recommendations. And I think that that definitely benefited my application, Um, especially having like a chief executive, not just for the superficial uh, element of having like a high title on your letter of recommendation, but I actually had a relationship with these people. We traveled together one-on-one and we worked closely together. And I think that really helped my, I hope that really helped my application.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think um, with the application process, one of the biggest or the most daunting things for me with any application process is always who am I going to ask for a letter of recommendation? And so I knew I was going to, because I've been working for a few years, I knew I was probably going to need to ask someone who I worked with. That's why I left the company telling them that I was going to be applying to law school um, so that I could ask the head of my department, who eventually, by the time I applied for law school, which was great, became the head of like this whole area of this ahead of this whole area of public relations for the entire firm so I was like okay fabulous he's got a high position now and we have a really great relationship and then I also was thinking back to like unfortunately I had graduated not long enough to not need professors as my letters of recommendation so I was like what professors may remember me someone who graduated four years ago um who needs a letter of recommendation and has not spoken to them since
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that's important to talk about is letters of recommendation, especially as to non-traditional students. Um, If you are a more traditional student, you're an undergrad and you want to go straight through to law school, definitely have people or professors or people in an academic setting who are able to write you letter of recommendations. But I had been out of school so long, like I don't even (laughs) know if some of my, not not that it's funny and I'm not trying to be morbid, but I don't (laughs) even know if some of those people are still on this earth. So... I I, my
1: advisor (laughs) I didn't ask him because I was concerned I didn't want like the response back to be unfortunately you know I didn't want to learn that he died so I didn't ask him because I was like he was sold (laughs) but
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's real (laughs) don't get people to write your letters of recommendation that you don't have relationships with yes also if possible like I, this has been a reoccurring theme for letters of recommendation, but when I have a good like a good relationship with the person writing it, they usually send me an editable copy. So they'll be like, "Oh, here's what I wrote. Like, change what you don't like." And then they'll look over the final copy and then they'll sign it. I've never asked someone (laughs) if I could do that, but I think that it benefits just, you know, being able to read it beforehand. Um, And then, of course, I think with the LSAC, what they do is they have that person submitted directly. Mm -hmm, So, yeah, it was nice to know what someone was going to say. But if you have someone who's like, no. I'm going to submit it blind, like just making sure it's someone you trust.
1: Yeah, I think just kind of like on this topic of letters of recommendation, I think I'm always afraid because I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if I necessarily built a really strong relationship with these professors, blah, blah, blah. So like my two biggest pieces of advice would be either like when you are in college, try to build at least one strong relationship. Or mm-hmm. if you're not a person who's like a outgoing, you're not trying to go to office hours and stuff try to do one really cool project or one really good or interesting writing, like piece of writing or paper or something in college, because at the very least, the professor who you do that for will be like, oh, yeah, I remember that paper or I remember that project. And they can write about the experience of that.
0: Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask. I think one of my life models is that I don't let myself say no for other people so let somebody else tell you no like don't be like oh I don't want to ask this person because they may say no just ask them but honestly if they're going to say no should they be writing you a letter of recommendation anyway
1: exactly
0: well did anyone uh, help you when you were applying
1: yes a lot of people so I was really nervous about applying to law school um I think I mentioned on the last episode I've been told I'd never get in um, and so I was coming with that in the back of my head. So I reached out to you. My... Didn't mention
0: that. Can we? I know I don't want you to relive your trauma, <laughs> but can you give some context?
1: Yeah. So essentially, I had thought I wanted to go to law school when I was uh, starting undergrad. You know, just fresh eighteen, entering into college, and I had a woman who was actually a black woman who served as my advisor and the advisor for um, all students who wanted to pursue um, law or medical school. And she, I had passed, failed a class um, and I passed it, but I had a P on my transcript. And she told me because I had a P on my transcript that I would never get into law school. She didn't say like, you won't get into a good law school. She said, you never get into law school, period. (laughs) The negacity. Point blank. I was shocked. I actually wasn't shocked. I was sad. Um, and so. so
0: sad. And the fact that adults talk like that to children. Is and I
1: was wrong. 18. I was literally a child. Like crazy. Right. Um, and so then she. She left the school a long time ago. Um, actually, she left after my first year of college. Um, but I Did went back. Did she leave or was she pushed out? I think she was asked to leave. Um, <laughs> I think she was asked to leave. She I hasn't feel bad yet.
0: smiling. but it's In like- higher
1: education since um and my so i my school had been like sending all this information like you know they ask you for money but they also sometimes ask you to like give back and get involved mm-hmm. and one of the things i noticed was they were asking if people wanted to help people apply to um like graduate school and i was like i i, I don't want to help people but i want to get help and mm-hmm. so then i reached out to the school and i was like hey like is this program accessible to alumni And they were like, absolutely. So they connected me with alumni from my school who, well, I also worked with people who worked within this office of helping people get to graduate school, but they also connected me with alumni who went to my school, who were either in law school right now or had recently graduated. And those people were so helpful. They like talked me through everything. They actually read like I had multiple people read over my application materials, helped me figure out kind of what I should write about for my diversity statement, my personal statement. And it, it really was like a game changer for me in the sense that they really helped me like figure out how to even like approach this like law school application process
0: were they black alumni or like just anyone i know
1: i went to to a a very extremely extremely white school so um no um they were not they were young uh, white women um (laughs) most of them (laughs) um and It was it was helpful in that um, it was I just didn't know where to start. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I had no idea where to start. And so they helped me with that. Like once it got to like the part where I'm also a very secretive person when it comes to like what. I want to do in the future I don't like people who are close to me to know necessarily Why? because I like to surprise them with like hey surprise I'm going to law school and that's how a lot of people <laughs> felt when I told them I was going to law school they were like what I didn't even
0: know you were applying I was like yeah oh and my so- god I hated that because I had the same thing and people were like this is like legally blind this is coming out of nowhere and I was so, addicted. Yeah. <laughs> I was like how dare you compare me? And that, you know, Elle Woods is doing her thing. But I was like, this is not an Elle Woods situation. I um, yeah, so that's how
1: people felt for me. But I don't care about that because I am a little bit kind of um, superstitious. And so sometimes I believe if you tell too many people about your plans, some people may pray for the downfall of those plans
0: and He's so I just do
1: uh um uh, they prayed on my downfall or is it-
0: uh, uh
1: t grizzly Thank you. um and so um <laughs> uh and so i i love t grizzly too by the way um but i um uh, didn't tell and like my parent like one of my cousins is a lawyer a couple of my cousins are a lawyer and my parents um have friends who are lawyers and stuff and so I never reached out to any of them so I think one of the things I regret is um not reaching out to the people who were in my life who were lawyers who could have potentially helped me even more
0: I I I think I shared that like sentiment because I think I underestimated how many lawyers I knew. Like I went into this being like, oh, I'm first generation. I'm on my own. Like I'm fully embraced. (laughs) For real. I fully embraced going through the (laughs) application process by myself. And I didn't really think like, okay, who do I know that's a lawyer? Or I don't know. I kind of just hopped on the struggle bus and embraced it. (laughs) Same. I was like, this is part of the this is part of the (laughs) journey. And it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I think I should have hit up more lawyers earlier, but honestly, in terms of like the LSAT, I, I did that pretty much on my own, the application process. I was locked in my house during the pandemic and I just sat down and I like hammered out these applications, but I do wish I would have reached out for more help. I didn't reach out for help until I had been accepted mm-hmm. or no, I, I don't even think that's true. I didn't reach out until I accepted an offer. Cause I was like, what am I doing? What do I have to expect? Mm-hmm. But my biggest advice would, to someone would be to really sit down and make a list of people that you know that are attorneys because they've been through the process. And honestly, I haven't met an attorney that hasn't wanted to help a future attorney. Exactly. Uh, they and love I, it. They I, they do. Because it's like, oh, you're going through this really hard, shitty thing. Like, we, we got you. Exactly. Um, the only people who I've ever met who
1: went to law school and do not want to help people go to law school are people who are no longer practicing attorneys and they're usually bitter
0: yeah that's that has nothing to do with me though but (laughs) I would also say like reach out to people who you know are in professional environments if you have people like that I feel that you just made a really good point of reaching out to your alumni network but I think that it's easy to underestimate your network and who you have access to. Um, In terms of how we approach the application process, I feel like I was pretty methodical. I feel like you were too.
1: Yeah, I think I was. I um, had a full on spreadsheet um, because I was like, First, I was like, I need to figure out where these schools are. I need to figure out what is required for each application. I need to figure out like all those things. And then it felt like with law school admissions, it's very different from undergrad admissions in the sense that like with undergraduate admissions, everybody pretty much has like a this is the deadline for our applications. This is the deadline for us to tell you when you're admitted. And this is the deadline for you to tell us if you're coming. Right. Mm-hmm. Law school, it's not like that. You can apply whenever you want, mm-hmm. from the moment that applications come out, and you that can rolling hear back, basis exactly. And you can hear back as soon as a week after you submit your application, or as far as the day before school starts. And so that's the, I I needed to figure out a way to keep track of where have I applied to, when did I apply. When who have I heard back from? What did they say? And and also like in addition to that, some schools had additional scholarships that you could apply for in addition mm-hmm. to the ones you'd automatically be considered for. So I needed to keep track of when were those due. And but wait, you know, wait, wait, that? wait.
0: When did you start that process? What um month?
1: So, so I started that process because I. Um, This is my biggest piece of advice to people who are applying to law school, and people will probably be like, oh, no, it's not true. Don't worry about that. Apply early as possible. Yes. Do not let people fool you and be like, oh, you can apply to March. Oh, I'm having deja vu. (laughs) You can, but apply as early as possible. Those applications open. Because not only will it potentially better your chances of getting into the school, but more importantly, it will better your chances of getting more money from the school. A
0: hundred percent. And that's one thing I wish I knew is that it's literally I don't know if it's a bank account, but it is a pool of money. And they dish it out as people as they like send out offers. And the longer you wait, the like less money you are likely to get. And we will get to that. But I think. Like I actually, you know, what's funny is I'm logging into my LSAC account to see when I took the LSAT last, because that really dictated like what my process was going to look like, because I was like, I need to get a really good score. Um, But I think it's important to really think about, well, for me, what I thought about is where I want to be, because I did not, I have lived in three, mm, at the time, two major cities. And I'm from like a mid-sized city Mm -hmm. and I knew I traveled a lot for work and oftentimes they would send me to mid-sized cities or smaller cities and environment is big for me. And I did not want to go to some school somewhere, one that would have been like ultra distracting. And I had never lived in somewhere like, you know, New York. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that may not be best for me because I'm like a little goldfish. I just get distracted and I love a good time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I want to possibly go to school in a decent sized city where I can have a life outside of school if I want that, but not somewhere where I might be called the N word at the grocery store. You know, (laughs) that's just not my cup of tea. And, you know, I'm (laughs) really towing the line here. But (laughs) but that was the the biggest thing for me. So on your topic of like figuring out where these (laughs) not to make fun of your city, but figuring out where these schools are was big for me.
1: No, I totally agree. And see, I. I think my other big piece of advice would be figure out what your priorities are as you're applying to school for, for me, I had the opposite experience where I'd had gone to school in like the biggest city in the United States. And I was like, I don't think I could do that again mentally. And I um, was like, I kind of want to see what it would be like to be closer to family going Mm -hmm. to school. I didn't know necessarily that I was going to stay in the exact city that my parents lived in. But I was like, I could also go to a city where I had a lot of family. So I was like, um, you know, I was looking more at those options because I was like, maybe that'll make my school experience a little different from what it was in undergrad. And so I was like, keeping track of all of that stuff. But I think Going back to your question about when I started the process, so I um took the I took the LSAT um, the year I graduated from college. I'm pretty sure I did not use that to get into law school. It was on my application because I'd taken it within the last five years, so it automatically gets submitted. But I used the GRE to apply for law school, and I took that in July of uh, what did we apply for college law school 2020? I took that in July of 2020. Because I was like, let me see what I can get. If it's good enough, I ain't taking it again. Um, And I was like, let me see what I can get. Let me see what's going on so that if I do well, I don't have to take it again and I can just get my application started. I think I did. I can't remember, actually, but I think it did maybe end up taking it one more time in like around September, October. Mm -hmm. um but my application materials from my test score to my exam or essays to all of the things recommendations letters everything was done and ready to go by november 1st and i submitted my first application on november 1st Mm -hmm. and i was done submitting applications by um i think i was done submitting applications by december 1st
0: yeah oh go ahead oh no go ahead So I took I just looked it up because I was curious. So the last day I took the LSAT was in uh, August. And I did, you know, because of COVID, they did that flex. Mm -hmm. Actually, I didn't mind it. I was like, this is dope. Um, But I took it in August and I think after that I was like okay I can do what I want to do. I was in the 75th percentile which you know wasn't fantastic but I was like this is going to put me where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that came from like research. I researched schools before I took the LSAT the second time. I researched schools. I was like what schools? The ones I want to go to. What do I need to go there? And because I've been out of school so long, I know that they would probably be looking at my work experience, what I've done at work and how I do on the LSAT like they, I mean, my undergrad may show them what I would be like as a student, but I was mm-hmm. hoping they wouldn't pay too much attention to that because mm-hmm. again, I had a really, I would say, holistic undergraduate experience. Yeah. Um, but uh, after that is when I when I really kicked it into gear in terms of like statements. So when I say that, I mean like after I took the LSAT, I was like, okay, let me start drafting these statements, and I would even encourage people you probably won't want to do that when you're studying for the LSAT because if you're studying how I would recommend people should study, you are committing like any hour or like spare time that you have and you don't need to function as a human being, like you are committing that to studying the LSAT. And I think some people make the mistake of like going about it very willy-nilly or just showing up. Mm -hmm. I personally am not one of those people who can just show up to a standardized test and, you know, end up in like the top percent. So that's not how I can approach it, but you should put some effort into it. I studied for probably like three, one, I took a program. I did, can I say the name? Mm -hmm. So I did Kaplan. So after I took it the first time and I was like, Ooh, this is what I got from studying by myself. I took a Kaplan in-person, um, like test in it, or, uh, what is it like test prep course? There were probably six people in that course. Uh, I really loved it. I had a really great instructor and it held me accountable. So like if I didn't understand something, I got to work through it with him. I hated reading reading comprehension, but I was a beast at uh, logic games. That's so really if, cool. if you can, if you have the means or have someone who will sponsor your course prep, please do course prep. And if you can't, like the resources at the library are what I use to study by myself. And I also used um, anything I got from friends who had already taken the LSAT.
1: Yeah, and my advice would be, and I also realized I just lied about the timing of my test. I actually took the GRE the first time in October 2019, and then I took it the second time in July 2020, and I didn't hire anybody to study with. I did approach it willy-nilly, and that's why I would say if you are (laughs) trying to willy-nilly approach it, don't take the LSAT take the GRE (laughs) because
0: because seriously
1: I Mm -hmm. took the I took the LSAT did all right took the GRE 90th percentile Mm. approaching it willy-nilly all I did to prep was buy one prep book read that did the practice problems in it took it that was it
0: I love that for you so
1: I would say if you are someone who's like I'm trying to willy-nilly this pick the gre it's you easier. might be
0: one of the smartest black women i know oh my god that's fair. so kind. <laughs> i'm not trying to just, No, for real i'm like you just
1: showed up like Why? that's so kind it's but it's not also it's like knowing what your strengths are i'm not a logic games kind of girl like i i'm very i'm pretty literal so <laughs> i knew that the lsat wasn't my strength and i think it's knowing what your strengths are If you know that you're not like a logic games kind of girl, you're not going to do any logic games once you get to law school. Mm -hmm. So if you know that you're not a logic games type of person, most top ranking law schools take the GRE now. Take the GRE. Don't make life harder for yourself than it has to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like don't (laughs) if there's an easier way to do things do that. And if it's going to get you the results that you need to get ahead, like exactly. if it's easy and it's a cutting a corner, maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> you shouldn't feel bad for like doing what is going to work and make your life easier.
1: Exactly. And most people don't take the GRE. And what they do is they kind of do an equivalent. I don't know if it's a one to one equivalent, but they do like equivalency where they're like, okay, this score on the GRE equals this score on the LSAT. But, you know,
0: it is yeah. what it is.
1: It's pretty easy.
0: And, and then- I don't think I made it clear, but I took it twice. So I took it Monday, October 20. 20- yeah, it doesn't matter. I took it in October of
1: um, 2019. Okay. Okay, cool. So we both took a, a test. We were taking I, a
0: test at the same time. That's so cute. I wasn't about to take it back to back. Like I know oh, I yeah. they offer it back to back. And I'm like, no, I need time to get myself together. I personally don't know anyone who's done that. So I can't say whether it's successful or not, but- mm-hmm. I wanted time. And it's taxing. Um, Somebody asked me, they're like, oh, do you think the LSAT is harder than law school? I I think studying for the LSAT is different. I don't know if it's harder, though. I've been thinking about that. Yeah,
1: I didn't really study for either, so I can't say. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. And then... Um one thing I will say I don't know if this a, it had an impact on you but we both took the flex option so we both took our
0: exams online mm-hmm. so that was a
1: little bit different than I took the-
0: mine in person one time and Me somebody too. had a panic attack like it was the worst circumstance somebody had a panic attack this guy was like in line when we were waiting for our tablet things he was like bragging another man he left early I was like this is pretty chaotic yeah,
1: I I will say, I don't know if there was an advantage to being online, um, but that might have helped a little bit.
0: Okay. Well, in terms of, so we talked about, we talked about letters of recommendation. We talked about how we approached the LSAT and like the scores that we wanted and needed. The last step, I feel like of the application process are statements. Um, what statements did you write? Did you write a personal diversity? Because some people make diversity optional.
1: Yeah. So most schools do have diversity statements as optional unless you're trying to apply to a scholarship. Um, I did a personal statement and a diversity essay. And my diversity essay was significantly better than my personal statement Mm -hmm. (laughs) initially. So I had to end up rewriting my personal statement to be somewhat as good as my uh, diversity essay. And I think my biggest piece of advice on that is probably just like, Take your time, but know that mm-hmm. you're trying to tell a holistic story. Don't, you know, write this essay about one thing and then write this essay about another. And I think that sometimes there is like an a tendency for people to write about experiences that aren't their own. Oh, so like that's sometimes, Don't but do sometimes that. Well, people will write about like, this is what like, my parents went through or something like that. And like, I kind of did that I wrote about my grandparents experience. I was like, but I wrote it as like a a linear journey. I was like, this is the journey of a man who was born a sharecropper. And like how his life and his journey and what we shared together impacted me and has made me want to become a lawyer.
0: So I think I I don't know if I fully agree with like, writing about two different things because I if I'm remembering correctly I did write about two different things but I had a theme in my between the two and that was community because mm-hmm. I feel like my community has been I really love my community and they've been really supportive you have a great when one. I, oh thank you you've met some of them but when mm-hmm. I say community I mean like friends and family and just general people who I feel like are there for me and make me feel loved and make me feel happy to be me um but I in terms of I did write a diversity statement for every, every application that I submitted, whether or not it was optional. So when yeah. people say, I generally feel like when people say things are optional, I see that as an opportunity to give myself a leg up. In exactly. Terms of like the idea that these people, by reading this additional optional statement, you're going to know more about me. And, you know, I think I'm pretty cool. So it's like, you are. oh, thanks. <laughs> you too, girl. Uh hopefully they'll use this information to make more of a, you know, informed decision. But in terms of the difference between the diversity statement and the personal statement, I wrote my personal statement about why I want to go to law school and that is specifically to help people in my community because I've seen, you know, people be in situations where they really feel helpless or powerless mm-hmm. because they don't know a lawyer or don't know that things could be better. And I think I carried that through my diversity statement by um, mentioning an instance where I personally felt like something wrong was done to me and I didn't know where to go to resources weren't really an option and like how that how I changed that and how I tried to create paths for other people to avoid the being in the same situation that I was in basically
1: yeah I just pulled mine up because I was like I'm trying to figure out what I wrote my diversity statement about. And actually, it's really interesting. I actually, I'm lying and saying that, oh, you should write about two different things. I wrote mine about the same thing, just different ways of telling the story. Mm -hmm. So my personal statement was more focused on kind of like a personal experience that I had had um related to my grandfather and how that had like made me realize that I really needed to go to law school because like legal access is really important. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote my diversity statement about um like histories of discrimination and I actually wrote about some of the discrimination that I experienced at work. Um and so that's what I wrote about
0: too. I just didn't want to put them out there like that.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean Well, you know, know if you are a black woman (laughs) in corporate America, you have a story. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I wrote about that. Um, And so I think that, like you said, it is important to just like make sure you know what you want to talk about. Talk about what you want to talk about. And even if something is optional, don't take it as optional. Never miss an opportunity to tell an um, admissions committee more about yourself.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to quote the Octavia Butler book that I'm reading. But if you are writing something and you read it back and you say that's good enough, you need to go back and fix it. So it's not good enough. It mm-hmm. is like great. Uh, yeah. And I think that is the case when you approach your statements. And just to clarify, a diversity statement should you know, illuminate why you are a diverse candidate and what diversity you would bring to the classroom. But don't make up to to your point, like people shouldn't be making up like, oh, got it out the mud stories. If yeah. that is not your experience, you know? Exactly. I'm not saying people in the burbs don't have a hard life, but if you live in the burbs and you got your two golden retrievers and like you have lived a soft life, like embrace that. We don't want your life to be harder. Exactly. No one wants your life to be harder than it is. Um, there are other ways to be a diverse candidate you you know walking through life as a black woman I have different experiences walking through life as an individual you will have experiences that no one else will have and the diversity statement is an opportunity to reflect on what those experiences are you don't have to like write some sob struggle bus story Um,
1: I I uh, I (laughs) think I feel like we go to school with some people who, who may have
0: know what you were going to say. who
1: may have wanted to get it out the mud and now they feel committed to thinking they got it out the mud and you know the you rest- got it out a
0: nice little rose petal covered garden and that's okay
1: <laughs> now the rest of us are suffering but going to your point I would say um you should a hundred percent not be the only person that reads your letter, your application Mm -hmm. materials. You should, there should be at least two to three people who are reading your stuff. Have it try to have it be, I, I think a good rule of thumb is like have it be have one of them be someone close to you. They might not catch all of the grammar mistakes, but they might say, Oh, have you thought about writing it like this? Like they might offer a unique perspective on the actual um substance. But then have someone like a professor or someone you work with or someone like that to read the essay for like grammar, spelling, those yeah. kinds of things.
0: And I would also add, like, when people, I had someone read my essay who I don't think is like, you know, the best writer, but I had them read it for the storytelling aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this person would latch onto the story because essentially you are telling the story. You should not be writing it like a, it's a, I don't know, it's your statement is your handshake to the university without them having to meet you. So I wanted to make sure what I was trying to say came across clear. Um, But also something else I wanted to say is that you, uh, you should, I recommend doing it in Google Docs. I had about four people read my essay and leave comments. You know, not everybody wants to sit down and have like a heart to heart about it. Um, I forgot my other point. You said something that inspired me. Oh, don't, you don't have to tell your whole life story. Like you don't have to tell us where you were born and like any experiences, I would pick one experience that you really feel shaped you and your character. And this is for the personal statement specifically in my opinion, but if you have a different idea for your personal statement, something creative that you love and want to latch on to do that. But one of the statements I would recommend picking a life event that really shaped you and your worldview and then telling the school like this is why this this is how this experience shaped me and this is like how it has influenced this path that I'm choosing to take
1: yeah I think absolutely I think those are great points
0: I don't know I the application process I think I had a little bit of fun with it. Oh, I wouldn't do it again. But I
1: had a ton of fun because there's. It's like gambling. It's like. I mean, I don't love gambling. I don't actually don't enjoy gambling at all. But like, it was like safe. <laughs> it's
0: like this thing that I hate.
1: Yeah. It was. But it was like. <laughs> it was like a rush. It was like sent it out, hearing back. Oh no, that didn't go well. Oh, that went great. Okay, let's keep going. Like I was like, it was exciting. You you know like. Acceptance feels good. We try to reject the idea that, like, I don't need to be accepted. It feels good, and then learning to process through rejection is such a beautiful experience. And not to brag, but I didn't have, I didn't get into, uh, I got into every school I applied to for undergrad, and I got a full ride scholarship to every school. That's amazing. Yeah, I got over a million dollars in scholarships, but I didn't no rejection in that sense of like an education so for law school these were the first rejections I'd experienced and working through that was also really powerful and taught me a lot about myself
0: well we're gonna talk all about like the how to organize your applications and rejections in the next episode so that was a nice little teaser thanks fabulous all right have a good one y'all make good decisions
1: stay black